welcome back, everybody, to Who's Your Band? Uh, I am Jeffrey Paul. I am joined by Mr. Sean Morton. How are you, Sean? I'm doing great, my friend. Your Chiefs were winning as of uh, showtime right now. They they'll win. That'd be that would have been a, a bad loss if uh, they lose to Jordan Love and the Packers' non-existent passing game without Aaron Rodgers. Very true. Yeah, but uh, we got an interesting guest today. Let's let's bring him in. Uh, this guy he played Bert Gervais Gervasi on The uh, Sopranos. He was in the movie uh, Brooklyn Banker. He's also a, kind of a singer. He also has a little bit of a little singing uh, career going on there. And, <laughs> and I doubt if he remembers, but we worked on, I'm going to use quotation fingers for this one that I never do, a project together. I don't know if you remember this, but it's my pleasure to welcome him. They're very, very talented, Mr. Artie Pasquale. How are you, Artie? I'm doing fine. Thanks for having me. Audie, do you remember working on something with you? Remember the director, DJ Higgins? Yeah, sure. As a matter of fact, I spoke to him recently. Okay. And like you did uh, Pasquale's Veal with him. Pasquale's and, Magic uh, Veal. It was an award winning short. Yeah, with, it was. A, right. With you. Danny but, you know, uh, Dan was in it, and so was. Uh, uh, you know, was yeah, right, right. He, he was in it as well. Uh, but do you remember we did kind of like a, a thing with for, uh, DJ? Uh, where we were kidnapping Lenny Dykstra. Oh, I told that story recently. Yeah. And uh, we were supposed to be kidding. Yeah, you were supposed to be taking his memorabilia stuff, right? <laughs> I don't know what the hell. But this was a yeah, DJ. They broke into his house and they were going to tie him up and taking his memorabilia stuff. And then, of course, trying to sell it. And he, uh, you know, he mumbled his way through it, I guess, as best he could under the circumstances. Right. And was it a house, I think, down in uh, Linden or Scotch Plains, someplace. Yeah, down. yeah, it was in. Um, yeah, it was it was in the, in New Jersey, and yeah. it was uh, me and another comedian, Kevin Dabrowski, who were cast as as the kidnappers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember. And he right. was making, <laughs> and making fun of you guys. It was a real. It was a comedy. It was a comedy, right? But we, but we had to um, kidnap Lenny Dyser, and you're right. Lenny Dyser was. If I saw Jeffrey Paul and Kevin Dombrowski trying to kidnap me, I would laugh in both their faces. Wait, wait and we were wearing um, Trump and Reagan masks. Yeah, yeah. Jesus Christ, <laughs> this is a classic. This is a, this was. A, I, yeah, I, I think I, you guys, I don't know how that didn't go anywhere. I think you guys made the mistake. I don't know if it was in the script, but when he was the MVP, you guys said he was the MVP when he's with the Mets. I think. And the truth was, he was the MVP, I think, when he played for the Cardinals, maybe. Uh, Phillies. So, he, yeah, Phillies. And, and he, you know, he has this thing because he had, he used to chew tobacco all the time. And when he talks, he talks, kind of mumbles with a look like this. And he said, and he also didn't me, have any teeth. Am I to curse on this show? Yes. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. All right. That's what we do. <laughs> because I remember he said, these, these fucking guys don't even know what team I played on, you know. <laughs> talking about you guys. What do you mean, right. me, guys? I'm I'm an actor in, in in the film. It was it was a DJ Higgins production. Yeah, I know it was some production. Let me tell you, where is it now? <laughs> where's DJ now? No, where's the production? Where this production go? Where where all productions like that go into the cloud? <laughs> <laughs> he's a good guy, DJ. He's he's working now out in the in Pennsylvania at, at a college at, at Penn State. Yeah, Penn State, and I'm supposed to go out and speak to his students. I think. Yeah, he, he is he is a great guy. But uh, let's we'll we, we talk about DJ Higgins at another time. Let's talk about you, okay? Yeah, where and, are you from? Where are you from, Artie? Originally, Providence, Rhode Island, an Italian section in Providence, Rhode Island, many years ago. Yeah. All right. Okay. Nice little area. Yeah. Pardon? It's a nice little area. Yeah, yeah, and there's a Federal Hill section there, an Italian section, like a little Italy, and then. And I grew up there, went to high school there, played a lot of sports, got involved a little bit in in theater, a little bit, but mostly sports. And then I eventually uh, got married, moved to New Jersey, and I went into education. Were you a teacher? A, I was a teacher. I was a, no, phys- he was a fucking garbage man, Jeff. Yeah, he went into education. <laughs> He's a teacher. Jesus Christ. <laughs> fucking Good morning, counselor. Oh. And I always and I maintain, you know, and I started in acting while I was teaching. Then I eventually got it, you know, I've been doing it for a long time now. But, but I've always said that I think teaching and coaching really helped me in acting because you're always performing to a degree, you know. Yeah. 
So how old were you when you actually like really started to do this like full time and making like a real living of it? Yeah, probably in my 40s. Okay. Were you, I guess when you were teaching, you were kind of like still auditioning and doing. Yeah. Things. Yeah. Yeah. I was act doing at the same time. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And that, and then you finally, you know, hit on something where you were able to kind of like make a, like a living doing it. Right. Yeah. It's tough to make a living solely on acting, you know, but um, I started taking it seriously, you know, classes, the whole deal. And I moved to New Jersey, so I was in the metropolitan area, so it was more easily easy for me to go to New York and do auditions. And it went pretty well. You know, I mean, it's it's not, of course, COVID this recently anyway. COVID shut everything down, but uh, it's been pretty good. And, of course, The Sopranos opened up a lot of doors for me. Well, yeah, let's talk about that. How did you get the role of uh, Bert in The Sopranos? Well, I, I auditioned for a number of different other positions and. uh you know, this we were really a comedy team. Me and Danny Grimaldi, Patsy was his nickname. Was his yeah. name, and I was a tall guy. He was a short guy, and I'm really tall for an Italian. So we'd go and make collections. I don't know if you saw any of this of the uh, episodes. Of course, of course we'd I did. go make collections here and there, and and uh, and it worked out. And to this day, and I had this this dramatic killing see death scene, which people seem to remember a great deal, and. Uh, I guess if I had to be remember, if I had to be remembered that for that reason only, it'd be okay. <laughs> but I was just telling my grandson, as a matter of fact, I'm walking down the street in Mulberry Street, walking down Mulberry Street, and the guy taps me on the shoulder, and I'm startled, and I turn around, and in a Norwegian accent, which I can't do, he says, "You're Bert Gervaisi, Silvio Strangle, you huh?" And the guy was from Norway, you know. So it's it's crazy. I go into a restaurant, people start calling me Bert, and I was a minor player compared to most of those people, you know, but. It's just unreal, unreal how many people are. Even now, more people, you know, younger people are looking at it. Yeah, I mean, it's going to go down. It's going to go down as the greatest drama of all time for yeah, television. Without, without question, you know, and, and that's the beautiful thing about it is that, you know, no matter whether it's, you know, Gandolfini or whether it's, you know, a smaller role or somewhere in the middle where, where you were, you're always going to be identified by that role. Yeah, there's just a cult of people that know every character. All the lines, it's uh, it's unbelievable. It's just hard to explain to people. But, but yeah, the, the good thing about it, though, is like, and, and this is not knocking the role that you had in the show, is that the higher up that you kind of went in that series, I think the more typecast you would be in trying to get other roles. Like, I can't see put Tony Sirico in anything else besides Paul D. Walnuts. Like, yeah, that's yeah. the only, I could, that he's always going to be identified as that. But other characters, I think, would actually be able to merge into other roles a lot easier. Yeah, it's hard to get away from that. It's true. I mean, I, I'm either a mob guy, a lawyer, a detective. You know, I just did a thing in Florida called Mob Kings, which they're trying to use as a, as a TV series. And it's a typical mob situation. But it's if it's well done, you know, after The Sopranos, there were so many copycats and people were making movies, you know, with their cameras, thinking they were going to make this this great uh, soprano type movie. And it just doesn't work that way. Like you say, the writing was like unreal and they didn't deviate from the script at all. Perhaps Gandolfini was privy to it, but, but you had to stick strict, stay strictly to, to the reading. Do you but prefer I, more drama than comedy or do you dip your toes in the comedy water too? I like, you know, I've done a couple of comedies recently, uh, uh, one I'm doing now, but I, I like improv comedy more than I do written comedy. Because if, if it's not really funny to me and it's being written by you or whomever, it's hard to make it funny. You know, it's true. Like, very true. Absolutely funny. It's like one of but, my favorite shows is Curb Your Enthusiasm. And like Larry David's one of the greatest writers of all time. Yeah, but yeah. like almost every scene that he has with Jeff Garland is completely ad libbed. Yeah. And you see them breaking character on every episode. They're laughing in each other's faces. Yeah, it's and great. sometimes it's true. It's I mean, I, I I agree with you. That would be like me and Jeff, who are standups, having somebody write for us and having to do the material. And then if it's just not good, no matter how good we are as comics or as good as I am as a comic, it's never going to fly. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's just hard to it's hard to duplicate it. You know, I think it comes across as more natural when you're doing uh, improv. Yeah. And I think as comedians, I mean, when I when I audition for things and I've gotten a bunch of different commercials and stuff, and I think uh, they like hiring uh, comedians because, one, you know, 
think about who's writing the script for some of these commercials. It's some ad guy at an ad agency. When they're hiring a comedian, you know, there's a lot of liberties with those scripts. Well, as long as you're getting across the point of the product that they're trying to sell, if you could kind of spice it up, pepper it up a little bit, they're more than willing to let you kind of like play with it. I heard like on the Sopranos, you know, Chase would write these scripts with his team of writers and it was basically verbatim. You guys had to kind of, you know, do the words. Yeah. I mean, I one quick, one quick example. One of the first Sopranos that I did, I'm playing cards and I had one word. That was my line. One word. We're playing cards with uh, Joe Ganiscoli who played Vito and Tim Daly. Another we actor. had him on the show. And, um, the the uh, dealer says to me, now the line was fold. I throw my cards in, you know, push the chips over. So the, the guy said, well, I think I forget. I think Buscemi maybe was the director. Anyway, it came to me and I out of disgust, I said, I fold, you know, natural thing. Just like I was playing cards, I fold. So the script writer came over to me and said, Artie, not I fold, just just fold. Not to me and you and anybody else is saying, what the hell was the difference? But that writer, and I tell students this sometimes, that writer wanted to said that particular way in that circumstance for a particular reason. So whether it's one word, 10 words, or 20 words, you treat it like essential to the writer in the way he wanted it. But it was just, what was the difference? Or I said fold or I fold. But yes, like That's... you said, uh, no, nobody deviated much. Probably Gandolfini, you know. Yeah, that scene that you you got murdered in. I mean, that is a great scene. Uh, in fact, I, I was watching your reel today, and that's on the reel. And you know, you you, you I, and I've seen it a million different times. And you know, it, it, it's 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 always great. Wait, but when did was that in the final season of the show? It was next to the last episode. Okay, so so you kind of like knew, like you guys already knew, like the this, this series was coming to an end because you get how many weeks in advance, how far in advance do you get the script and you're like you look and you're like, oh shit, I'm gonna be dead. I'm oh, not gonna be don't. in the series that was, anymore. That's a funny thing about it. You didn't see the script until you went to the read through. You know, like say it took a month to do an episode, but you would sit down at this table and everybody, everybody that was in that episode would sit anywhere in the room and maybe Chase would be up front or a few of the other people up front, the writer, whomever. And you would introduce yourself and then you would read the script and just imagine the way it was going to look on, on you know, on TV. But you, you never saw the script. You went in, they handed you the script and everybody would look to the back pages, of course, to see if your name was still there, you know. So the time came when I, I was sitting down and Gandolfini comes over to me and I hadn't looked at it yet. And he said, hey, Bert, it was nice knowing you. So I knew that that time you know, <laughs> I looked at it and I saw I'm going to get strangled. But the fact that it was next to the last episode was OK. But it was in, that scene was pretty interesting. If you got a minute to listen to it. Of course. Um, you know, I was like a recluse for a week because the, the episode was supposed to open with me going to um, Silvio's house and explaining to him what's going on guys are in my territory this and that which i did why we shot the thing you know i had this long dialogue with him and then in the middle of the episode i was supposed to get strangled so i figured i hit a home run i go home i never watched it with anybody because they didn't really know what went into the whole thing so i'm sitting there and the show opens with me walking out to get the newspaper and then he go in the house and he strangles me i said I said, I'd be damned. They cut out that whole stuff that, you know, that gave you, the viewer, the reason why I was getting strangled. And then in the middle of the episode, they had a scene, they created a scene where Silvio goes to see Gandolfini, a soprano, and he sees some blood in his hand or whatever and said, what happened? He said, oh, Bert Gervaisi, we had to take care. And he says, Bert, really? So they got the point across without having to go through this whole thing. But it was interesting going with, with Van Zandt because he was ne never wanted to be an actor. But everything with him was very staccato, you know, when he spoke. So I would have this long dialogue and then he would go, you know, so what do you want me to do? You know, and then I go along again. He say, Tony Soprano. And we would go back and forth, back and forth. But they cut a lot of that, what prefaced that anyway. And then the actual scene itself was pretty tough to do. They had these china closets that I crashed into. They had like three or four of them because they had so much money. So they were going to use them, you know, if they had three or four. And then the dog drove me crazy. 
if the dog barking, they put some like catnip in my pants to attract the dog. So the trainer was <laughs> off camera. And at a certain point, they let the dog go. And this dog was barking and barking and barking. Now, excuse my language, but I said, I get to the point where I said, would you get this fucking dog off me? So the trainer says, don't yell at Iggy like that. I said, Iggy, I'm getting the crap beat out of me and you're worried about Iggy, you know? But that dog probably got paid more than I did for that scene. But it wasn't, it wasn't an easy scene to do. No, it, it, it was a very physical scene, the way you were getting uh, strangled and, 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 and fighting that. How, how many takes did it take? Well, we did it a few times, like about four times. But another thing is, people say to me, Artie, I like the way you drooped your eye, you know, when I was getting strangled. Now, I told Van Zandt, I said, he broke about three land, uh, land, uh, garrets around my neck. I said, do it tight enough, and if it hurts, I'll tell you. So he did it tight enough, and I really did feel like I was being strangled by a stranger. And my eye drooped just naturally. People called me up and they said, Artie, I love the way you drooped your eye. Like I'm there the night before in front of a mirror, you know, saying tomorrow I'm going to get strangled. Now, how should I look? You know, you just get lucky. You know, it just came out that way. And it was considered to be a pretty good shot, you know, up close with the camera. Yeah. Jeff was in a movie too called the Irishman. I don't know if you're aware of that, but he, uh, yeah. He had a very stoic look when he was standing behind uh, Pacino. And he told me like he knew he was getting this role for like a little while. And he would just stare at the mirror for like eight, nine hours a day, just trying to get that perfect look Mm. for the camera, you know? Yeah, it's hard to it's hard to do. You know, it's not a matter of memorizing lines or something. I'm saying, okay, you know, how am I gonna look? You know, and I just told him, do it tight enough. And I had a line on my neck for about a day anyway. But really. you get lucky. And then there was another scene when I'm playing that card game I was telling you about where I pushed the, all the chips over to Joe Ganiscoli, Vito, right? And just by luck, I missed one chip and it was in the middle of the table. So I took it upon myself and just put my index finger on it and flipped it over to him, like, you know, take this too, you son of a bitch, you know. Anyway, guys would call me up, a couple of guys, Artie, I love the way you left that one chip in the middle of the table and just flipped it over. You know, I was just lucky, and they kept yeah. it. You mentioned uh, Stephen Van Zandt, and I, I had read that when it came to casting the show at the beginning, like they, you know, this is before the pilot. Um, the casting came down to, th- to three people, Gandolfini, uh, Michael Rispoli, who wound up uh, getting the role of uh, Jackie April Sr., and Van Zandt. You know, uh, could you picture anyone other than Gandolfini actually playing that role? No, I mean, hindsight's twenty twenty, but still, no, not at all. Not, not at all. I mean, it's, it, Gandolfini was great. And, and it's interesting how this mob guy who was responsible for killing people, was, you know, people loved him. You know, women love, fell in love with this guy, but he's an actual killer. Yeah. But he was just a wonderful guy. And that was one of, one of the keys to the show, besides the writing, is how Chase selected these people. You know, they were regular looking people off the street. There were no pretty faces like George Clooney or any of those, although they wanted to probably get into the show. He just wanted to see regular people. Now, Gandolfini, you know, didn't do that that much before this show. People knew him from a couple of films, but he was just, I mean, mean, looking back, I can't imagine anybody playing that role. You know, and he he made uh, Van Zandt in kind of a cartoon character, you know? Yeah, I, I can't. I can't believe how 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 good like every role was cast. I mean, it really mm-hmm. that 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 was one of that was one of the hidden talents of the show. Um, what was it like working with Gandafini? I mean, did you pick up any tip from him? Did you, did you? I mean, what was it like being on a set with him? Because he was like he really was quite like an imposing figure on screen. Yeah, but off the screen, I mean, on the set, he was just like a teddy bear, like they say. He, I come out of hair, hair, makeup, something like that one time, and I'm walking by him, and you respect everybody's, you know, privacy when they're going over whatever it is they have to go over. And he would call me over. He said, where are you going? I said, I'm just going to go in here and leave you alone. Come on, don't go in. Don't worry about that. Sit down. How the fam- how's the family? How are the kids? How are the grandkids? And just talk like that. He was just, he was just wonderful. I, I you know, it's hard to explain. And I know everybody else has said the same thing. He was unique in that sense where he cared about everybody, whether you were a carpenter on the set or whether you were a star. 
He just, uh, and people don't realize how much work he put into that. If you think about it, he's in every episode, almost every scene you see him. And he's there for 12, 13, 14 hours, goes back, who knows when he ate, which probably attributed to, you know, his getting so overweight and having a heart attack. But, but, uh, and then he had to get up and do it again and do it again and do it again. It's, it's, good to, it's good to hear that he was like a decent person. Cause again, one uh-huh. of my favorite actors, you know, like, like Jeff was telling me when he was doing the Irishman, like, you know, Pacino and it was very standoffish, you know, oh, and, and Pac- Pacino was not standoffish. He was one of the really one of the coolest guys you're going to hang out with on. You a were bad mouthing him so bad. Never. Two episodes ago. <laughs> That's Audie. Don't listen to him. He, he was not. He was like, Sean, this guy Sean was a piece is, of is, shit. Is psychotic. It, no, he was. Pacino, had you ever worked with Pacino, Hardy? No, I had a chance to be in the Irishman, but I had open heart surgery. Oh, wow. Okay, I was wondering how uh, how you. I mean, everybody else in our area got uh, got a, yeah. a part in, in the show, but um, yeah, I got to work with with him and uh, De Niro, and they they were both they were both great. I mean, but Pacino was was awesome. Um, De Niro's kind of an, he's aloof a lot. De Niro's well, I don't want to get into his politics, but. <laughs> Pacino. We can talk about it. We don't give a shit. <laughs> we don't have enough time. <laughs> no, but Pacino was like he—he he was kind of like he—he he wasn't aloof at all. Um, no, in fact, he's he just, he's just oh, a cool guy, you know. Yeah, he no, he he was he was like very like up. He, he didn't want there to be any any downtime. Um, I had to go to a rehearsal with him. He was a lot of fun uh, yeah. on the rehearsal, and then like had like. Then they bring in like 200 extras in this scene. Yeah. And well, you have all these guys from the Bronx and from, from Staten Island, Brooklyn. They're seeing Pacino. This is like their idol. And they're like, hey, Al, welcome to the Bronx. Hoo-ah. Hoo-ah. <laughs> you know, they, you know all, all kind of shit like that. And, and he's just like more than gracious and a gentleman. Like he knew like this was like his crowd. And he was very, very cordial to everybody. And then like when we were like doing... Uh, in interior scenes and it was just like you know just a couple of us on on the set you know when we had downtime he he was great De Niro was a little bit different guy he was more cerebral but he was still like polite and and cordial as well yeah I auditioned for a couple of films with De Niro and it's funny when you slate it's usually as you guys know it's you know your name and the character that you're auditioning for well the first question they asked me was how tall are you I'm like 6'2", and I said I was 6'1", because the role was going to put me, place me next to or near De Niro. And, and you know, he didn't want to be upstage because De Niro, as you know, in The Irishman, he probably wore like four-inch <laughs> lips on his shoes, you know, and they shot it a certain way so you never see it. Because most of those guys are short, especially De Niro. But needless to say, I didn't get the role. But The, the Irishman, I had a chance in that, but I had open-heart surgery. So Who did you read for for The Irishman? Uh, it was a Lewis. What's Lewis? Lewis. Yeah. Who, who wound up getting the part? I don't even know, to be honest with you. We know. had a, we had a, I, you, you know, I think, as a matter of fact, in the Irishman, I think Joe Pesci was probably the best actor. In the oh, I, without a doubt, he was, he was great. Um, we, our past guests on this show, we had uh, Robert Fanaro on, and yeah, I nice read guy. for the role that uh, Robert got, oh, and yeah. yeah. And, uh, you know, he, 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 he got it, but I wound up getting, I shot five scenes and three of them made it into the movie. Um, but speaking of movies, I want to ask, did you see the uh, many saints of Newark? Yes, I did. What were your thoughts on that? Please tell, please, <laughs> please yeah, we're, Artie, Artie, please <laughs> tell me you fucking hated this movie. Well, I wouldn't put it in those terms. Come on. I, I'll say I just dis, I disliked it. How's that? Thank you. <laughs> I mean, I, I could I could elaborate and you know make put some French pastry on my explanation, but no, I agree with you. I wasn't I wasn't I was very 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 disappointed. Uh, I don't know too many people. I don't know anybody that said they liked it. To be honest with you, I know two people, and I mean these are people that are in the industry. So i i just i don't know i didn't get it you know the whole thing with ray liotta playing two roles and even ray liotta trying to speak italian killed me, right you know? You, you know it's just i don't know i i didn't like it at all really did I'm they surprised. go wrong with it pardon where did they go wrong with it not writing know, a script you know maybe we've been spoiled with david david chase and the sopranos and maybe i think most people went to see it out of curiosity of course but 
but you know, you got this girl from Italy and she just wants a relationship. He ends up with this guy, that guy, and then a black guy, which probably wouldn't have happened during that period of time. And then, you know, pumping her in the ocean and all, you know, all this whole, I don't know. I just didn't like it. I, I didn't, it was too you're, you're an old school guy. Act, I thought maybe one of the best actors in the whole movie was the first kid that played Tony Soprano, the little chunky kid, the little fat kid. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I don't know who he is, but, and then I thought they could have done something with, you know, with, with uh, Tony's wife or wife to be, she was there for 30 seconds. Well, um, I think, I think the way that I'm they cut oh, the Carmilla, trailers. How are you? They could have, they could have done something with the characters more, I especially agree. Tony's relationship with Carmela shows something about how he was dating her. He fell in love with this girl at a young age or whatever. Something. I think it was kind of, it, it, the trailers were cut to make you really think that this was a really about a young Tony Soprano. The, the trailer looked amazing. You know, and yeah, when you realize it's all about Dickie Maltesanti, you know, but that's not going to sell the movie. No, it's, it's Gandolfini's no. son playing him is just selling the movie. But I think the guy who played Maltesanti was was fantastic. I thought mm -hmm. he was really, really good. He was the best part yeah, of the maybe. whole movie. Yeah. But I don't know. They're talking about a sequel. I don't know. Ugh. No, it was I thought I thought it was extremely choppy. I think if you remember, like from, from what really made Tony go into that life was remember, he held up the card game with Jackie April. Yeah. Right. Okay. Never even referenced in this movie. Yeah. Another thing, you guys are younger than me, but I remember uh, Tony Imperioli was this big Italian guy that was like the protector of the Italians in Newark at the time. He actually drove with a tank. He had a tank in his neighborhood. He was a big to do at the time, and it was never even mentioned in the movie. And I'm surprised because Chase knows of that. There was a, yeah. there was a, the one thing I was worried about when with this movie. I was like the the one way they could really screw this up was to make it woke, and that's exactly what they did. There, yeah. there, there was like, what was the what was the the purpose of the scene with the slam poetry, and then like I was gonna say, you're an old school guy. You knew what what the life was back then. What yeah. would a black guy coming into like to, to, just just strolling in? To, to the back of the club and yeah. no one's going to mention it. No one's going to say anything about yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. Like he came in like he was Billy D Williams. Yeah. Even being with the white girl. I didn't, I didn't think that was going to happen. That, that was no, of, co of course, of course they had to cuck out uh, a Nicky yeah. Malfasante. Of course they had to do that because they had to make it woke. That's how you, that's how you, you have a shitty script. And then you can also going to like, alienate most of your base who's going to come and support this this uh, movie it was such a train wreck i was so disappointed in it yeah me too me and a lot of other people but a lot of people are being closed mouth about it you know but that's the nature of this business yeah yeah hmm. uh, did, did you did you on the set I mean, there was a lot of great actors on this. Like you had mentioned uh, Bushimi, and we talked about Gandafini and uh, uh, Joey Pants on, on the set. I'll um, tell you, my favorite actor who I worked with in the Brooklyn Banker was Rich, was uh, David Proval. He was great. Great role. I just I did a movie with him recently, and he's a wonderful, wonderful guy. If he walked down the street, he looks like Columbo. You know, that's how he dresses. You know, you know he's not. <laughs> one of these slips, you know, these fast talking guys and whatever. But he, I did this movie with Federico Castelluccio actually directed it. And, and Paul Savino was in it and David Prabal was in it. And we did a scene, I'll explain this scene to you as quick as I can. I'm sitting in this club, just reading a newspaper and he's supposed to walk in and go talk to Paul Savino. Now it's a downtime. The lights are being changed. I mean, there's nothing going on, nothing whatsoever going on. He comes over to me. My character was Philly. And he comes over to me. There's no, there's no action or anything now. He just come over to me and he says, uh, hey, Philly. He says, remember when we used to play basketball and you threw me the ball and I threw it over the fucking fence, huh? Taps me on the shoulder and walks out. Now, why did he have to do that? He, didn't have, he could have said, Artie, you know, he didn't have to do anything. He wanted to put me in a situation or my head in a situation where when he came walking in, when we actually shot it, 
that I might recognize this guy from the past and I might have some little emotion to my, whatever it was that however I looked and it helped him as well. I mean, we shot it, we walked in, he pointed to me and he came, kind of gave a grin. Now he didn't have to do that at all. You know, not at all. Then I'm doing a card scene, card game scene where he comes maybe four inches away from my face and he had these fucking eyes that would go right through you. He's got these deep, hard, hard, hard ass eyes that scared the shit out of you. And he was just a great guy, great guy. And he, he helped me a lot. He really helped me a lot. I respect him a lot. I think he's a terrific actor. Were there any directors that you would like to work with who you haven't worked with yet? Uh, maybe Scorsese, I guess, you know. Well, Jeff's got his number. Yeah, yeah. text him. I did, <laughs> I, I did work with Scorsese. Uh, <laughs> so you you call him Marty? You call him Marty? I did yeah? call him Marty. You I did? did call I did call him Marty. I, I did, yeah. Hey number twenty-five. Hey number three hundred and twenty. What did he call you? <laughs> we, we had a we had a gig together one time and Marty called him. He's like, Why why you keep fucking calling me? Just call DiCaprio and hang up the phone on him. Yeah, no, he yeah, he 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 called me Jeff. In fact, that's how we met him. I'm sitting I'm sitting in in um on the set, he comes in. He's like, uh, "Where's Jeff?" And I'm like, "Right here." And he goes, uh, "Jeff, you fucked up." And because you fucked up, he's going to jail. He's referring to Pacino, and <laughs> this is how he's getting you ready for the scene. And he, he goes, "Now he's going to lay into you." I go, "You know, this is going to this is going to be pretty intense." You think you can handle it? I go, "No problem, Marty." Yeah. <laughs> well, didn't didn't you call like once you got familiar? Didn't you call him like M Dog? I, I, I wouldn't listen. I would I would hope to be strangled for real if I called anybody M Dog. I would never call anyone M Dog. No, no one should ever be called that. Uh, I thought I thought he was, you know, he didn't do a house. He was in mean streets, you know, going back um Praval, but he was he, he was just a, a great guy and he was always going out of his way to like help you, you know, whatever you ask him for help, he would go out of his way to try to help you. Yeah, he, had some, some, he had some dark scenes in Sopranos too, when he was like having sex with the uh, with, with with Tony's sister with the gun to her head. That was, oh, that yeah, was some yeah, dark yeah. shit. I mean, this guy up close, his eyes would go right through you. You could right? tell right through the screen too. He, he had was, a real he was in shank too, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. He was great in that. Another great actor, but that, not in the show. I'm getting off subject, but. He was a good friend of mine. He passed away. It was Danny Aiello. I don't know if you guys know him. Oh, of much. course. Sure. Oh, yeah. I've met Danny a bunch of times. Great guy. He was a very, I mean, in the, in the professionals, and there are a few, you know, doing the right, do the right thing. I thought he was a real good actor. Yeah. One of my favorite movies was Moonstruck. He had a great role in that. Yeah. yeah. He used to own a comedy club in uh, New Jersey for a little while, too which was on in Hoboken, which was around top of a, a, an Italian restaurant for a while. He was always there hanging out, yeah, just sitting in the back and laughing all the time. Tutta pasta. Tutta pasta, exactly. Yeah, the comedy club upstairs. We used to go every Thursday night and hang out there. Yeah, I may have bumped into you already. You never yeah, know. Well. You know, was Jeff, wasn't, Jeff wasn't there because he was hanging out with Marty. I, I, was, you know I, mean? with, I, was, I was with Marty and Al and, and, and Bobby. I called him Bobby. Well, you know, yeah. kind, of, kind of like the way they would do it on the Tonight Show, like you when, uh, yeah, like, like when Charlton Heston would come in, and or, or if you were referring to him, you call him Chuck, Chuck Heston. Yeah, like like you know, Trump would call and him. You, and, then you, and then in the audience, you think, oh, he knows him, right? right. Trump right. would call him Sleepy Joe, right? <laughs> Jeff would call Pesci Little Joe. I call you know, Joe. He's so small. Yeah. So the name no, no, of the show. Why, why are you wearing a Kansas City hat? Because they were winning. I'm a Jet fan. Um, I don't want to wear my Jet hat on this show until they actually are good. Um, but the name of this show is called Who's Your Band? <clears throat> and right. so when we talked a little bit during the week, I, you know, we, we talked a little bit about music. You're, you know, you, you like me. Who's your band? Who do you like? What do you listen to? Well, I mean, I know it's cliche, but I, I mean, I listen to everybody. I like all kinds of music. I really, I'm a product of the '50s, so I go back to like you know, Fats Domino and Real Little Richard and, the, and my one of my favorite groups you probably never, never heard of. Trias was Lee Andrews and the Hearts. Don't of know. Of I know Lee Andrews and the Hearts. <laughs> you do? I was listening to him this afternoon. In fact, you did, yeah. Yeah, they had that song, Baby Doll. Star. Try, try the impossible is one of my favorite songs. That's a good one too. 
on the flip side, you're pulling my leg now, right? <laughs> of course I am. <laughs> on the flip side was uh, was teardrops. Anyway, those those old, you know, and, and then rock and you know rock and roll stuff. I liked a lot. I, I mean, I like the Rolling Stones. I like, uh, you know, everybody likes the Beatles, of course. But I was, I like Coldplay, you know. Really? Yeah, yeah. Coldplay. Yeah, yeah, like, that's that's just came out of big, fucking yeah, left field. Big, I was a big jazz buff. I used to go to the Newport Jazz Festival all the time. Nice, nice. right? When it was uh, in Newport. Um, and you, you would also mention that you do you sing? Are you like in? Oh, you, you pulling my leg? No, 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 no. I, I, I'm friends of mine have bands, and I might get up and do a couple of tunes. You know, there's, there's a you ever hear Bobby Bandera? Do you know who he yeah, is? Yeah, absolutely. So I've sung, I've sung with him a couple of times. You know, uh, a few times. There's another group called uh, um, the Joe Eddie Testa Band. Yep. Um, there's about four bands that I'll go up and do like a couple of tunes. I'll do a little. Um, Unchain My Heart, you know, Joe Cocker, mm-hmm. wife. Oh, Cocker. wow. Yeah, that's a great song. Uh, the Sweet Home Chicago, uh, Eric Clapton's Way. You know, I like Eric Clapton as well. I'll do, you know, I saw her standing there by the Beatles. I, you know, it's a cross-section. Multi-talented, see? Oh, yeah. Ar- <laughs> Artie reminds me of the guy, like, who's like the uncle who sits at the, at the far back table at the wedding. All he oh. wants to do is drink Sambuca and not be bothered. And then the well, nephew or the niece always asks him to come up and sing in the middle of the freaking wedding. Well, the first part of drinking the Sambuca, I agree with that. All right. That's a good thing. <laughs> That's the thing. Artie is like probably like the patriarch of his family, right? Um but he's also probably like the coolest guy in the family. Right? Oh yeah, sure. <laughs> I got six grandkids, as a matter of fact. Very proud. And uh, you know, I've had a pretty good life, you know. I love my mother passed away in '96, so maybe I've got her genes, you know. And hopefully. But this whole acting thing, it's really I've been doing some things recently. I just did a thing in Florida called Mob King. And, What's Mob uh, King about? I mean, obviously, it's about the mob, and it can't. Okay, yeah, but, but, but what's the story? Between two groups, it's, it's it's nothing spectacular as far as the story goes. But um, I did a thing called Scarlet out in California with Tom Sizemore, and I'm doing another one called Coco, which is a com- it's a comedy, and a few things, a few things. There's one called The Italians, which I think it's okay. You know, I get. Involved in it, I didn't necessarily want to do it, but uh, I'm involved in it. So there's a few things happening anyway. But getting yeah, back to Sopranos, the Sopranos just was great. You know, greatest experience one could ever have. Yeah, uh, here's here's kind of like a talk about a small world. Do you remember the scene in the in the Sopranos when Johnny Sack's daughter got married, and there was a wedding band in that scene? Yeah. The, the singer in that wedding band, okay, he does Sinatra. He sang at my wedding. I got really? married at, yeah, I got married at Russo's on the Bay, and he was the special guest. He came in, he did two Sinatra songs, and then he did a, a Zeppelin song. Wow. That was the same guy. Wow. That contributed nothing to this whole podcast, Artie, just so you understand. It was, the whole point of that story was to, to say that this guy from The Sopranos sang at my wedding. That was the whole point of that story. Listen, I'll tell you a Sopranos story, too. I went to the I went to the open casting call. I guess it was in season three. And that was the one where Jenny, when Jenny Sack got uh, cast in the role. Did you audition for Jenny Sachs? I could have. I didn't have the theater at that point. <laughs> I'll tell you about Ginny Sachs, right? Her, her name is, is, uh, is uh, I know her father and her mother real well. Um, Barreno, her name is, her last name was Barreno. Denise Barreno is the wife in the show, right? So, Jay, yep. so Denise goes down to Harrison High School with 15,000 other people, right, to audition for the show. Never acted in her life, didn't have a headshot, nothing. Some guys went down there with, peppers around their necks, you know, and sausages and all kinds of pompadours in their hair. <laughs> she goes waddling up. Now, her father and mother were good friends of mine. He had a, they lived in Rosalie, New Jersey, and he's got a, he had a furniture store in Verona, New Jersey. She goes down and uh, they take a picture, turn this way, turn that way, and she does it and does it, you know. 
And she just leaves after that, right? Never had a picture, never acted. Fast forward, she becomes Johnny Sachs's wife. To Crazy show you how you know, some of these people had resumes that, and that's her name, Denise Moreno. She's since passed away, and her husband in real life passed away, and her mother passed away within like a year and a half. Did she wind up doing anything else? Because she was no, really no. good in that. That was it. No, no. And he's a good guy, Vince Curatura. I see him every now and then. <clears throat> Play Johnny Sachs. What what's your process for auditioning? You know, do you how do you how do you prepare for this for for a role? Yeah, I'm one of these. I mean, I gotta just it's I just do it and do it and do it and do it and do it, you know. And and I mean, I read the whole thing first to get a sense of what it's all about, you know, maybe a couple of times, and then I'll read it like in sections, you know. Um, everybody has a technique. Sometimes I'll write it. You know, supposedly the brain absorbs if something more if you write it. That's right. I'm actually taking Frevagen. I'll give a commercial. <laughs> I don't know if it works or not, but it's, it seems that way. I don't know. But I just I just keep being repetitious, repetitious, repetitious. And it seems to work for me. Other people have different techniques, you know. Well, we, we have to do the same thing because, you know, we, we do stand up and, you know, we write our material. We write our set lists out. We kind of know where we're going to go. Yeah. I'm I'm one of those guys where I just I have a kind of mental thing where I kind of know where I'm going to go, but I don't ever write anything down. Yeah. Which is kind of weird. Jeff, I know, writes down stuff all the time. Other I write, comics, I know, writing. you know, but I don't I, I for me personally, it's just I like to more ad lib a little bit. I know where I'm going to I know where the ship is in the ocean. I know where it's going to go at some point. That's that's basically yeah, well, if I, I have to stick to the script. You know, I just can't I can't go, you know. Can't go anywhere with it. Can't go elsewhere with it. But I just took, try to do it over and over and over and over. Try. How long does that take you? It it takes a while. I think for me anyway. You know, it takes a while. What's a while? Right. I remember. I remember quite a while ago. Uh, as a matter of fact, David Praval said this to me. He said, "Artie, he said you, you just you're naturally just you're naturally good just." Give it to you. Just be natural. He said, the lines will come. He says, you know, fuck the lines. He'll say, you know, you'll get the lines. Don't worry. Just don't try to be the character as much as you think you should be, which is true. You get caught up in a character sometimes too much. So I just try to be natural about it, you know, without even thinking about it. Sometimes it works. Sometimes it doesn't. Depending on the subject matter. So if it's a foreign subject matter of some kind, you know, if it's not, if I'm not acquainted with the subject matter that much, it might be a little more difficult. You know, uh, but anyway, I try. You know, you try to do your best. I'll give you a little story about the Sopranos. We we got time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, got few, we got a few minutes. Yeah, very few people know this story. I grew up in Providence, Rhode Island, and my aunt and uncle had. This is the first episode of the Sopranos. Now, if you can remember what it yep. was. Yeah, it was like ninety-seven, ninety-eight. Anyway, my aunt and uncle grew up, they had a cafe in Providence, Rhode Island. All the wise guys used to go in there. This is real life now. Anyway, a guy used to go in there and he's going to go in there at one o'clock. He used to go every day and he was going to get shot in there. So like Tony Soprano with Artie Bucco, right? So they offered my aunt and uncle Carmela and Artie Bucco in the show a chance to get out. They didn't want to shoot the guy in a restaurant because nobody would go there, right? They get a bad reputation. So they offered my aunt and uncle, like they offered Artie Bucco and Carmela, a chance to go on a vacation. And my aunt in real life said, no, once you're indebted to those guys, no, 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 you know, we're not going to go. So what did they do? What did they do in real life? As what Tony Soprano did to his best friend, Artie Bucco, he blew the restaurant up as a favor to him so he can collect the insurance. And I told David Chase that story. And they shot the guy down the street in another place. And I told David Chase that story maybe 30 years ago. And, you know, these writers keep these things in their, in their, in their brain. And when he's interviewed by um, Peter Bogdanovich, if you watch the show through a narration process, he says, this is interesting, Chad David. Where'd you get this idea? A guy blows up his best friend's restaurant. He said, well, a guy from Providence, Rhode Island, Artie Pasquale, gave me that story. It's a true story that happened to his uncle. And then he took Artie, used me, and Buco was David Chase's grandfather's name. 
and that was the story of the uh, that series. Remember the show when he when he blew up the restaurant? Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. It, it, it's, how, it's, there's so it, much depth in that. Yeah, he gives me credit for it. But and he's a good guy. John Ventimiglia, who plays Artie Bucco, is a good guy. I see him occasionally. But they're all they're all great still, guys. You still keep in touch with those guys? Yeah, I see I see Federico a lot, Castelluccio, because he lives near me. As a matter of fact, I see Pastori. I see. Uh, I see Bobby Fanero often. You know, he's a, talk he's a good dude. Do you do any of these uh, soprano conventions? Yeah, I mean, of course, the soprano, the, the uh, soprano con. I don't know if you guys went yeah. there. That was great. And the one down in Atlantic City, I did. And I'll do different events here and there. You know, Very it's cool. it's great. I mean, it's just great. It's great. I don't okay. want to get so, to the music subject because I am very much interested in music. But so this, this is how we usually end these shows, who, who, Audie. Who do you like? Let me. Who do you like as far as music goes? Jeff. Jeff's a big fan of uh, Air Supply. There's I'm, I'm going to see him in a couple of weeks. Seventy. He likes Air Supply. I'm going He's, in a couple uh, of weeks. If you pleasure. look in the back behind him, you see that little drum thing that's from Menudo. Yeah. There was an old '80s band. It was like boy. It was a boy band from Mexico. Yes. I, yes, thought it was, I thought it was Abba. I thought you were an Abba fan. He is an Abba fan. He just put out a new record. You know, Abba. It just yes, came out on do. Friday. In our last episode, "Guilty Pleasures." That was uh, that was one of them. Uh, but we <laughs> usually wrap up these episodes by Sean asking a musical question. So. Sean, ask Audie your, your famous musical question. Well, and here's we'll, what I'm going to we'll do, Jeff. Goodnight. We're going to end it like this. I, no, Audie, normally what I ask is if it's a guy's musician, what would their ultimate band be, right? Like, so if, if I interview like a singer, I'm going to say to him, hey, uh, if you can pick anybody else besides that was in your band, who would your ultimate band be? I'm not going to do that with you. I'm going to ask you, you're going to be in a movie and you had to pick three actors who you ultimately would love to work with. Who would they be? In, living or dead, okay, and and you can't choose me right now, right? Because he doesn't know where to put his hands when he's active. So, well, I would say Pacino. Okay, I'd say uh, that I could work with three actors. I had to work with him. So Al, pardon? So Al, Al is one of them. Yeah, I'm sorry. See, here you go again, dropping the first name. Yeah. See, Al well, you know, the, listen, well, you turn we, around, we, you drop something over there. We've, it's a we've name. done multiple yeah. scenes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, I guess I got to say De Niro. I like, I always like, I like, I go back to like Robert Mitchum, those guys, you know, but that's, Mitchum. that's yeah. before your time. You don't even know who he is. So. <laughs> I know Robert Mitchum is. We know, you know Robert Michael, Mitchum. <laughs> Michael Caine is an actor. Great, just retired. And uh, I guess I got to say De Niro. I see, I would go Michael Keaton because I love Michael Keaton. I Michael think he's a very, Michael, Michael Keaton. Keaton. I think he's a very underrated actor. Yeah. Uh, do you watch the show Ted Lasso? No. Have, you haven't seen it? It's a great show on um, on Apple TV with Jason Sudeikis, right? It's a great show. Yeah. Um, there's a girl on there, Hannah, Whitt- Hannah Waddingham, who plays Rebecca, who I am madly in love with. So I would definitely pick her. I don't even want to act. With, I just want to stare at her. I just want to stare at her for an hour and a half at a time. And then uh-huh. I would do Meryl Streep. Yeah, I mean, she's uh, probably the best female actress in a long, you know, of course. Of all time. No question. Jeff, who would you pick? I mean, obviously. Besides besides Audie, I'd go with uh, Telly Savalas. Um, Telly Savalas. Wow. Yeah, he was classic. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I, think I, I think I'd be better than him. So I'd go Telly Savalas. The Berlin um, Caster, too, I suppose. No, not Burt Lancaster. No, he's Burt too good looking. No, he, he'd make me look uglier than I am. So it wouldn't be uh, it wouldn't be Burt Lancaster. Telly Savalas would be one. Um, I probably would I mean, probably would, would love to have done a scene with uh, Robin Williams. Um, I thought he was absolutely incredible. Can do anything, and uh, man, if I can, I, I, these all sound like old times, but I would have loved. Loved, loved, loved to have worked with uh, with uh, Brando. Yeah, I thought you meant contemporary. Of course, Brando. I mean, you guys are going back. I mean, if we can go, if we can go contemporary. I okay. mean, Brando because right everyone I named is dead. Um, the guys who are working now. 
Jeez, I, who, who? Another great actor was who was he? Just killed, he killed himself uh, recently. Uh, not too much. He's got three Robert names. Williams? No. Um, uh, he was in Son of a Woman, as a matter of fact, as a student at the school. Philip Seymour Hoffman. Yeah. Oh, yeah, he's my great God. Actor. Phenomenal. Phenomenal actor. actor. Yeah. Yeah. Daniel Day Lewis. Great actor, sure. Yeah, I mean there, there are a lot of there are a lot of great actors. Party, this is yeah, a lot right? of fun today. I gotta tell you, I love Thank I love you so bullshitting much, you about guys, you guys. I appreciate you asking first of all. Yeah, and, we love talking Sopranos. We love just bullshitting. You know, that's what it comes down yeah, to. Sometimes yeah. we talk about music for an hour. Sometimes we talk about it for three and a half minutes. Who gives a shit? What am I gonna see? Where am I gonna see you guys? Uh, you can listen. Where do you live now? I'm in Jersey, North Jersey. Yeah, so well, I'm in Central Jersey. Jeff's in Staten Island. So, uh, you know, we got a show coming up in two weeks. Maybe Jeff it's will Staten send you the info and come up. It's up by peak skill. How'd you get hooked up with a guy from Staten Island? Who, me? Yeah. Well, you know what it was? I was at a, I, this is a true story, and we're going to end it with this. Um, I was at the Vince Lombardi rest area, and I was about to take, I was taking a leak, and I heard this guy tapping his foot on the floor. <laughs> right and then he started putting his hand underneath the thing like waving me over and then like i was getting pissed off and then i found yeah. out he was a comic and then we made yeah, i wanted i was looking for change is what it was were you uh, was he with a guy named was he with a guy named marty no <laughs> marty and al we we, we, we were all road tripping yeah you, you, yeah they you were how, when you're hanging out with your pals yeah you they're, at the Roy, they're at the roy rogers and yeah. jeff was in the yeah, trying we were, to pick up pick yeah, me the, up in the bathroom yeah, the, the, the three of us you know we were just doing a guy's weekend you know you fact, guys do how friends do it roy rogers left i think right the one in martin at lombardi rest area Anyway, I thank you so much once again. You guys are great. Really appreciate it. Not a lot of fun. Where can where can our uh, our fans like see you? Well, like basically, I'm not on Instagram. I was on it. I'm not in it anymore. I can't can't take it. But uh, just Artie Artie P. Did you can call me? They can text me. They can they they can email me. Artie P. Twenty one at Verizon.net. Artie P. Twenty one at Verizon.net, and I will respond. Very cool. Thank you so much, Artie. Artie. Thank you so much for coming. Thank we you really guys. do appreciate it. And we'll Think catch everybody it. back with another episode of Who's Your Band. We have a great, uh, until the end of the year, we're going to have a whole bunch of great shows. Keep subscribing, keep following us, and we really appreciate it. Take care, guys. Have a great week. See you later. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye.